Blog Talk Radio. Assalamualaikum and welcome back to part two of tonight's program on September 13th, 2022. We're going to pick right back up where we left off with our speakers at tea time talking about the benefits and the majesty of raw milk and taking responsibility for growing your own food. So there's components in raw milk that Imagine 
but we don't use glyphosate, Roundup, or whatever these things are. Right. Basically, what this big farmer guy was saying is, and trust me, he is big farmer, he is saying that kids should not play in their backyard with the, they need to be clean, they need to stay away, and particularly he said if you have children, stay away from taking kids. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you a really funny story. Um, and my daughter in law here, and she's probably watching this, she's doing the last. Helio, um, our first grandchild, when we were still at the little farm in Corvallis, um, he was a year old, he just learned how to walk. We went out to get eggs. We thought that'd be fun for him to get eggs. Well, he was out there, he's walking a super healthy kid. No vaccines, born at home in the beautiful sense. I got to catch him. He's just absolutely pristine health, right? And so he picks up what it looks like to everybody wasn't eggs because it's white. And so he picked it up, and before we could react or get over to him, he, he picked it up and he ate it. Let me tell you something. It was chicken poo. Now, um, that didn't, uh, like, it, okay, so he got stomachal. Seriously. What we knew at the time not to do is go rush into the doctor and give antibiotics. It's exactly the wrong thing to do. So what did we do? Mama was breastfeeding. We gave him tons of vitamin C. Did he have diarrhea? Yes, he did for like three days. And his, his little rear end hurt a little bit. Uh, but what do we have? We have Mama's breast milk, re-nourishing him. We've got vitamin C. We probably gave him some, even some of our raw cow's milk. He was fine, and I'll bet you that kid could probably just chicken poop or it get, a, get, get you know, a handful of cow pies, and that kid has a steel stomach and he'd be fine. Why? Because the microbiome that he picked up and ingested um, added to his gut flora. Um, which is still there. And Theo uh, can talk about what baby calves do and why they do it. These baby calves are born, and they fall into a pile of, uh, you know, a cow, cow pie. And so then they I always tell people, you know, when a calf is born on our farm, the first thing it does is go up to its mother's udder, and it grabs onto the teeth. Well, we don't wash the teeth or anything ahead of that, so they get a mouthful of which is a sampling of the microbiome of the whole herd. And that's part of the biology if you study, like, out of Cornell, there's, a, there's some great books written. One is called The Human Superorganism. And the very first chapter in it is the new biology. And it's the whole thing with microbiome science is that humans are a symbiosis of microbes. And so that's the most advanced health science. So we need it's, more of it, not we need a, the diversity from the clean farm to the animal. So, so women who, who, you know, there's a multi-generational damage that can ripple through because the microbiome is passed from grandma to child, or from mother to child. And so your great-grandmother could have ingested mercury because that's, yeah, that's what they did in the 1800s when children were teething. They gave them mercury. That would cause gut damage, and then that would get passed down. And so people might say, well, schizophrenia runs in my family. 
but schizophrenia is actually a niacin deficiency. There's 162 microbes in the gut that are species of microbes in the gut that are uh, produce niacin for us. So if you've had your gut microbiome trimmed several generations ago, then you might have those kinds of mental things. And so it, that focusing on microbiome science is, is critical. And, and if somebody has that kind of stuff and they need to restore their microbiome, to me, I'm like, well, you need to give that baby during that self-completion period, which is a thousand days, you need to give your baby milk from other mammals, from really mm -hmm. healthy mammals. Um, that'll help restore the gut microbiome. Uh, you need to maybe pass the baby around to other women to nurse. Let it crawl around yeah. in your backyard and its fingers and its mouth. Yeah, while it, it stays sturdy. While you're nursing it, um, the milk is designed to protect it and to mm -hmm. select healthy microbes. So, so, so basically, we just fact checked the big pharma. Oh, he's, 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 he's wrong. Well, and, and, it's, he's wrong. Yeah, and it's written up in, like, um, yeah. uh, Rodney Dieter from Cornell is uh, one who writes about the microbiome and the characteristics of raw milk, and that's part of the studying that I've done with his work. Really good. Okay, well, look, we're, we're way over time, and we can't do that because uh, Paul Sawyer, who's our amazing live streamer, is, has uh, gone on to do another show. So, but okay. I would like to get you both back on with a lot more stuff. I want to tell everyone about the vitamin C pregnancy thing as well, because my daughter is pregnant, as you know, gave birth to a giant called Cleo. Um, anyway. Okay. So let's get you back on. Uh, uh, Sawyer, put up, please put up Steve's um, email address again. Yeah, um, if you want to be an intern or you want to invest, do it, please. Yeah, okay, so everybody support that. Catherine Austin, invest in the people. And, and these are the people, and this is the future, and the food and everything. And we love you guys a lot. Thank you for all that you do. I'm going to get you back on again. Sarah, Amanda, Nadira, as always, love you. To people Thank listening, you. Uh, we love you too. Stand firm, play big, and never settle. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This so much I do know for sure that we need to grow our own food. Now, I do apologize for all the sniffling and everything else. For all of you that don't know, I officiate high school athletics. And this past Sunday, I got caught in the rain, officiating what they call fall baseball. Fall baseball is difficult. It's difficult not because the sport is difficult. It's difficult because 
unlike football. Football is played regardless of the weather. You're dressed prepared for that. With baseball, when the weather changes, if it's not raining too hard, the game continues. Well, we were in a persistent drizzle as the temperature dropped. And that temperature dropped, it's cold and it's wet, and you're not heavily covered with clothing to protect you from the change in temperature. And I picked up the sniffle due to my allergies. Well, the wheels on the bus go around and around, and life does not stop. It continues, and it persists. But as I started off tonight's program with, this is not going to be a COVID night. But if you're listening closely, you can hear COVID and the conversations with regard to COVID in the information. But I want to share another piece of information with you. Our children need us to do everything we can to protect them from themselves and the technology that they use. We've spoken many times here on Not So Mad Science with regards to the new 5G network and cell tower radiation. We already know that those homes during the season 70 that were built below high-tension power lines. After a period of time, there were spikes in those areas of different kinds of cancer. Spikes that were directly attributable to the magnetic field and the high electrical plasma in the air around those high tension lines. Well, now there's a new enemy, the 5G cell towers, the radiation. Schools now are accepting financial incentives from these telecom giants to add cell towers to their properties. And in true big technological fashion, corporate profits have taken priority over public health. Partnerships at the Children's Health Defense wants you to help them stop the uncontrolled rollout of 5G and cell tower equipment near and on school property and in residential neighborhoods. They need your help to force legislative action to stop the ever-increasing risk to our children caused by the dangerous RF radiation, the radio frequency radiation, emitted by this equipment. 
your local elected officials today to demand they introduce and support federal and state legislation banning cell towers and small cells from being on or near school grounds. So what's the issue? School school districts around the country are risking your children's health and safety by partnering with these telecom giants, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T to install these cell towers directly on school grounds in exchange for monetary gain. The scientific literature confirms the harmful effects of RF radiation on children's health. And no long-term studies yet exist that show that 5G is safe. In fact, Experts in the field of human health and telecommunications recommend a minimum distance of 1,640 feet between cell towers and school grounds. Is there scientific evidence to prove its harm? Yes. Scientific literature clearly documents the adverse health effects of RF exposure, including developmental delays, memory, and attention deficits, heightened risk of type 2 diabetes, and changes to the blood predictiveness of cancer. I suggest you invest some time in your children and learn all about the health risks of certain types of wireless technology. Cell towers and small cells also pose considerable fire safety threats. Pardon me again for sniffling. Compounding the existing risk to your children when placed near schools. So once again, contact your legislators today and demand they introduce and support federal and state legislation to ban cell towers and small cells from being on or near school grounds in order to protect your children, our children, from the harms caused by RF radiation. Take action. Email federal, state, and local officials and tell them our children are not guinea pigs. The follow-up phone calls to each representative asking they received your email. Use this call as an opportunity to express your opposition to the proliferation of wireless cellular infrastructure on and near school grounds. You can find helpful resources for these conversations almost anywhere. You do the research to find your way to get around Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media platforms, do the research, find your way around to invest some time in protecting your children. This is Not So Mad Science, and I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. And as the tornado siren begins to blare... (laughs) 
Did you know? And I'm not going to say, of course you don't know. But I am going to say with that you were not made aware. An Indian court ordered Bill Gates, the Indian government, and the Serum Institute of India, the world's largest vaccine manufacturer, to provide formal responses relating to a case filed by the father. Pardon me for one moment here. Boy, when they don't want you to talk about something, they will certainly do everything they can to get in the way. A case filed by a parent of a 33-year-old doctor who died after receiving the act AstraZeneca COVID Shield COVID nineteen vaccine. What's interesting about this is this: the High Court of Judicature in Bombay set a November seventeenth deadline for responses and scheduled a hearing for the same day. In the lawsuit filed in February, Dilip Lunawat alleged that his daughter, Sinhal Lunawat, died March 1st of 2021 of complications arising from taking the COVID shield COVID vaccine. He's seeking compensation of 1000 Corridors, whatever that is in Indian money, I think this is about 126 $126 million U.S. According to the lawsuit, Lunawat lost his elder daughter. His loss can neither be explained in words nor can be compensated in terms of money. Only some sort of succor can be done by awarding compensation. Defendants in the case include Adar Punawala, the CEO of the Serum Institute, Bill Gates in his role as partner in development of the COVID Shield vaccine, the Indian Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, the Indian State of Maharashtra, India, Drug Controller General, the former director of the All India Institute of Medical Science and others. A lawyer representing Bill Gates reportedly appeared before the High Court to accept the notice. Senhal Lunawat was a 33-year-old doctor and senior lecturer at the SMBC Dental College and Hospital in Maharashtra State. According to her father, she was compelled under threat of losing her license and her job as a health worker to get the COVID shield vaccine. Let's stop right there. 
thank Allah for the honorableness of Louis Farrakhan and the wisdom that he brought to us when he said, don't take that damnable vaccine. Why did he tell us that? Knowing that this pestilence called COVID-19 is a pestilence from heaven. Knowing that pestilence was, is a tool, a weapon used by Allah, used by God to punish. The wickedly wise also know this. Bill Gates, being a purveyor and a proponent of world global depopulation, for whatever his interest is, He's interested in reducing the population. So why would he not put time into and invest into something that would kill off a lot of people? I'm not speaking off the top of my head and just throwing out invalidated information because it's on the public record that that is his interest, global depopulation. And anything that can be forced upon people that would reduce the population and kill a lot of people, he's interested in. The wickedly wise. Senhal's father recognized that his daughter began to develop severe headaches and vomiting while attending a workshop just days after receiving the vaccine, resulting in her being hospitalized. While there, doctors say she was suffering from bleeding in the brain, low platelet count, and blood clot formation. After 14 days elapsed without her condition improving, Ben Hall's family transferred her to another hospital where she died eight days later. Hall experienced a rare blood clotting event, a, compla- a complication that resulted in her blood platelet count decreasing due to increased bleeding in her brain. According to the lawsuit, these adverse reactions have been found to be related directly to the AstraZeneca and Shield COVID-19 vaccines in other countries. The lawsuit specifically named the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for its role in helping to speed up the process of manufacturing and delivering up to 100 million doses of the COVID shield for distribution in India and other developing countries. In the lawsuit, Mr. Lunawat blamed the government and others for misrepresenting the facts about the COVID-19 vaccine by making false claims about its safety. And I'll use the term that they like to use here in the U.S., its efficacy, and forcing medical practitioners to take the vaccine or lose their livelihood and their work. Mr. Lunawat said his daughter was convinced 
to receive the vaccine as a result of an alleged false narrative. The lawsuit characterized interviews given by the Indian public health officials in the nation's media as contributing to this false narrative, naming several of these interviews, including one by Dr. V.G. Samani, Drug Controller General of India, that was broadcast on January 4th of 2021, during which Samani claimed the vaccines are 110% safe. That phraseology should sound very familiar, but that's the same nonsense Bill Gates said while being interviewed by CNN here in America. Pardon me. The lawsuit's request, a declaration that the Indian state authorities are responsible for the Nahal death, calls on authorities to publish the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine and take steps to stop further deaths of citizens as a result of their adverse effects and urges the authorities to demand compensation from the Serum Institute. Now, let's apply this here in the U.S. We have a reporting board where all adverse effects from vaccines, the VAERS report, are to be sent to this body where the data is collected on the adverse effects of vaccines. Well, that vaccine reporting has been sketchy at times. But there's a little loophole. The vaccine, or what is being called a vaccine for COVID, the COVID-19 vaccine, by definition, is not, I'm going to say it again, is not a vaccine. It is gene therapy. So there's a legal loophole to slip through where you're dealing with a wickedly wise people to find a way where there's no responsibility. Yes, you told the American people there was a vaccine and that its efficacy was above 90% in most cases. And did not tell them that they were experiencing gene therapy. And since it is legally not defined as a vaccine, there's a loophole in the law where the wickedly wise, that serpent can squirt through and say, well, it's not a vaccine, so we're not to be held accountable for what the vaccine did not do, since we did not provide you a vaccine. Mr. Lunawat said he's seeking justice for his deceased daughter and for many more people who are likely to be murdered due to vaccine injuries. I feel for you, Mr. Lunawat, and the murder of your daughter. But because your government, the Indian government, is still fostered and founded by the British Directorate and the U.S. dollar, there will be no justice for your daughter, not in the vast terms of what you believe justice to be. That governmental body will do everything it can to protect itself and to silence you. As previously reported in the Defender, Senahal family 
initially reached out to the Indian government and the Serum Institute. And mind you now, the Serum Institute is the world's largest vaccine manufacturer, requesting her death be investigated as it was registered as an adverse event in India's version of the adverse following immunization database. However, however, here comes the loopholes, a satisfactory response was not provided, prompting the family to reach out to the World Health Organization. The WHO being a institution supposedly strengthened and backed by the United Nations, of which the United States is a permanent member of the Security Council, but does not pay its dues. I'll say that again. They don't pay their dues to be a part of the United Nations, yet they have one of the biggest voices in the United Nations with regard to world policy. The World Health Organization supposedly then investigated the event, the incident. Due to pressure from the family and the intervention of the WHO and the All India Drug Network, the Adverse Event Following Immunization Database Committee on September 25th of 2021, following nearly seven months of delay, accepted the claim that Senahal's death was vaccine-related. The committee issued a report on October 7th, 2nd of 2021. This was only the third vaccine-induced death recognized by the adverse event following immunization committee. Only the third time they, they admitted that there was a problem. The process of reporting vaccine-related deaths to the AEFI database is reportedly not easy. Senahal's death is not the only high-profile Indian legal case concerning vaccine injuries or seeking damages against Gates and his other cohorts. According to reports by the defender, another case, Yadav v. Maharashtra is also before the Bombay High Court, which was filed in late 2021. The mother of the deceased, Sri Hiteshi Kadu, who was unwillingly vaccinated on September 29th of 2021 and died the same day to an adverse reaction to the Bill Gates push COVID shield vaccine. The family of the deceased is also seeking damage against the Indian public health bodies and officials. Poonwala and Bill Gates referred to the complaint as a mastermind and as a habitual offender of mass murder by vaccination in conspiracy with government officials. Do that not already say 
that one of the charges of the bill, the primary target of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is global, worldwide depopulation. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. If you don't watch what's going on, they're going to get a foot in your, we'll keep on going. The Indian Bar Association, an informal group of Indian lawyers, the Bar Council of India is India's official bar association. List several other recent legal developments requiring the Indian government and public health officials to respond to claims regarding deaths allegedly resulting from the COVID-19 vaccine. Mind you now, they've only uh, accepted the fact that three deaths are COVID-related. Three out of 100 million doses? Really? For instance, India's Supreme Court on August 29th of this year issued notice to the country's central government requesting a response in the case of two children said to have died as a result of vaccine adverse effects. On August 10th, the High Court of the Indian State of Kerala ordered the Indian government to immediately develop guidelines for the issuance of compensation to victims, victims of vaccine injuries and side effects, with the government telling the court that such policies are currently in the process of being formulated. Or oh, I know what that means in BST. In BS conversation, that simply means we're going to delay this thing as long as we can until they all died off and it just doesn't matter. And earlier this year, the Kerala High Court requested a response from the Indian government, and I'm putting emphasis on the Indian government, because we know that it is still a Britisher government where money is American money. So you know where this is going. All hail the crown held by the U.S. dollar. Earlier this year, the Kerala request requested a response from the Indian government in the case of a 19-year-old woman who died allegedly as a result of the vaccine. As lawsuits make their way through the Indian through India's courts, a group of Indian doctors are leading an initiative to draw attention to the COVID-19 vaccine-related injuries and deaths. More than 400 doctors and medical professionals from 34 countries on September 10th held a press conference during which they declared an international medical crisis arising from diseases and deaths associated with COVID-19 vaccines. The declaration which emerged from concerned doctors and medical professionals in India makes eight urgent demands, including calling for an immediate stop to the administration of COVID-19 vaccines and the investigation of all deaths 
involving previously healthy individuals. The Siren Institute of India is not only the world's largest vaccine manufacturer by a number of doses produced and sold, but it also produces more than half of the world's vaccines that are administered to babies. Half of all vaccines issued on the planet are administered at that lab. Excuse me, are manufactured at that lab. Oh my God. The BMGF previously committed in June of 2020 conditional funding of $150 million to the Serum Institute, which also includes a $4 million grant from the BMGS in October of 2020 to support research and development as part of the COVID-19 response. And in case you forgot, the BMGS Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Bill and Melinda Gates gave $150 million in 2020, June of 2020, to the largest vaccine manufacturer on the planet. And then another $4 million in October of 2020 to speed up the development of the manufacturing of COVID-19 vaccines. In August 2020, the Serum Institute, in partnership with Bill and Melinda Gates and the GAVI, which is the Vaccine Alliance, agreed to produce up to 100 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines for low- and middle-income countries. In a posting on his official blog in December 2020, Bill wrote that his foundation took on some of the financial risk for the vaccine so that if the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine was not approved, the Serum Institute won't have to take a full loss. So I guess it's still all about money in the land of milk and honey. Serum CEO, Mr. Poonwala, Poonawala, previously called for protection from lawsuits alleging COVID-19 vaccine injury. He wants protection from the lawsuits that uh, Bill and Melinda Gates know are coming that any doctor who's free to think and believe as they know the science tells them that this damnable vaccine, this gene therapy, is not to be administered into the human body and it's going to kill a lot of people. And if it doesn't kill you, it messes you up for life. They know. Now they want protection. This is not so mad science. With your hope. Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. We're going to close out with something that I believe is of critical interest. 
if you will bear with me just a moment. And we'll get down to business. So with that said, the train is approaching. Did you know in the world of science, Boy, sometimes it makes things hard for me to do. But it is what it is because it is what it is. We already know a tried and true method of water reclamation that many a family used in the early days to keep water in the house. They collected rainwater. Don't do it now. That water's polluted. You can't put snow in your mouth like you used to when we were children. That precipitation that becomes snow is polluted. The hair dye you use, if you're a pregnant woman, you run a a higher risk of cancer because you're dying your hair. But something came up to me that I believe is of critical importance. And it's very scary. It's so scary that reporting it makes me nervous. Not because I fear any power. It's what this particular science implies. Scientists have grown a synthetic embryo with a brain and a beating heart without the intervention of a female egg or male sperm. Scientists from the University of Cambridge have created embryos from mouse stem stem cells form a brain and a beating heart and the foundation for all other organs of the body. This particular team of researchers led led by Professor Magdalena Zarenka Getz developed the embryo without egg or sperm. Instead, they used stem cells, the body's master cells, which can develop into almost any cell type in the body. By guiding the three types of stem cells found in early mammalian development to the point where they start interaction. The researchers mimic the natural process in the lab. The scientists were able to induce the stem cells to talk to each other by inducing expression of a particular set of genes and establishing a unique environment 
for the interaction. The stem cells self-organize into structures that progress through the successive developmental stages until they had a beating of heart and the foundation of the brain. They also had the yolk sac, where the embryo develops and gets nutrients from in its first weeks. Other, unlike other synthetic embryos, the Cambridge team developed models reached the point where the entire brain, including the anterior portion, began to develop. Further point in the development that had been achieved in a further point in development, much further along than any other team of scientists achieved in any other stem cell derived model. According to the team, their results could help researchers understand why some embryos fail and while others go on to develop into a healthy pregnancy. Is that all you were looking for? In addition, the results could be used to guide the repair and development of synthetic human organs for transplantation. Well, let's look at this strictly as a money thing. The only people who could afford to buy these synthetic organs to go into their body to extend their life are the wealthy. Mm, pardon me. The study, which is the result of more than a decade of research that progressively led to more and more complex embryo-like structures, was reported on August 25th of this year in the journal magazine Nature. Now, here's something you need to consider. If they bring a synthetic organism to life, is that organism that develops and grows to, let's say, into a full body so that the organs can be harvested, is that murder? Is that a person? Did you kill a person to harvest its synthetic organs? You have a beating heart and you have a brain, which is guiding the development of that body that you began as a synthetic embryo. Is this synthetic life a person? And if those organs are being harvested, are you committing murder? Let's see. The mouse embryo model not only develops a brain, but also a beating heart. All the components that go on to make up the body, according to Dr. Renika Getz, who is the professor in mammalian development and stem cell biology at Cambridge University's Department of Physiology, Development, and Neuroscience. It's just unbelievable, she said, that we got this far. This has been the dream of our community for years and major focus on our work for a decade, and finally we've done it. We've created a synthetic being. 
a dialogue between tissue that will form the embryo and the tissue that will connect the embryo to the mother is necessary for the healthy development of a human embryo. Three different stem cells begin to form, or rather three different stem cell types begin to form in the first week following fertilization. One of these will eventually develop into the bodily tissue, while the other two support the embryo's development. One of these extra embryonic stem cells will become the placenta, which connects the fetus to the mother and provides oxygen and nutrients. The second is the yolk sac, where the embryo grows and where it gets its nutrients from its early development. Many pregnancies fail at the point where the three types of stem cells begin to send mechanical and chemical signals to each other, which instruct the embryo on how to develop properly. Bonus contention here. All this effort to create a synthetic being, a synthetic life, on a planetary body where you have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation looking for ways to exterminate life because the planet is so overpopulated. There's a dichotomy of thought going on here. On the one hand, you're looking to kill a lot of people. And on the other hand, you're looking for ways to produce synthetic parts. Whose life are you looking to extend? And in the process to extend somebody's life, you have to kill a life form that you fashioned in a petri dish in a lab. But Dr. Zernika gets there. So many pregnancies fail around this time before most women realize they are pregnant. Ooh, she's also a professor of biology and biological engineering at Caltech. Awful lot of effort is being placed into creating a synthetic life form. The stem cell embryo is important to her, in her words, because it gives us accessibility to the developing structures at a stage that is normally hidden from us due to the implantation of the tiny embryo into a mother's womb. This accessibility allows us to manipulate genes to understand their developmental role in a model experimental system. I'm going to close this out here before I begin to lose my cookies and say things that I should not say. Beware, black man, black woman. Synthetic life means our lives are now becoming even more and more and more less viable. As Bill and Melinda Gates and others like them who are looking to exterminate life, these people have found a synthetic process by which they can extend their own. 
This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Leaving you as we came before you with the peace and blessings of Isalamu alaikum. Prayerfully asking Allah to allow me again to come to you once again next week with some more information that I believe is helpful for you and good for you and a true blessing to your life. I also want to continue to give thanks to my Lord and Creator for giving us the life to share with my departed sister, teacher, doctor, and friend, Sister Doctor Attorney Ava Muhammad. She's more than a memory. She is a lasting legacy in the nation of Islam. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. To be in the Lord's grace, I'll be with you again next week. Adios! You know what's funny, brothers and sisters? When I didn't want to be on the air, they were giving me a hard time being able to sign in. Now they're giving me a greater time just to sign out. <laughs> oh, boy. What a world we live in. I love you all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.